0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: What's up, y'all? This is your boy David with Blackwell Friennasance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Anchor.fm
2: You know the rules of the game. Yeah. You know the rules of the game. I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's
1: talk, Let's talk money.
2: Can you make me that? If you can't make
1: me that, I will not
2: to talk to you. You shouldn't even at this tape.
1: I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot, unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is run money marathon. Do five years of this,
3: and be a millionaire, and go on, do what I want to do, have kids go live my trip and join the games life out here in Texas, or struggle for next week. The choice is yours.
4: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful, resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show.
0: Welcome back everybody to another great episode of BWR. It's your boy Kelly, here with Jared. How you feeling Jared? Man, I'm good, I'm good. It's a sunny Saturday, although it's
2: cold. Uh, Just, you know, chilling enjoying the day off getting some work done
0: what about you man what you up to bro man finishing this good old ebook man hopefully hopefully it's coming out by the time this podcast coming out hopefully it's out man but we're working on it steadily um getting it finished i do want to mention that two of our hosts Jalen and david will not be here or hopefully they can come in the middle of the podcast but currently they're not here but again it's still a great episode we have none other than irene pruitt she is a credit specialist a business credit specialist that and she is the one and only, I believe, or the first Black woman to open a credit uh, financial agency, correct?
3: No. So you have to actually have a licensed credit repair in right. almost every single state in the U.S. My company, Hannah Financial, is the first Black-owned and woman-owned company licensed in the state of Ohio. Gotcha.
0: There we go. First. Uh, <laughs> For me, uh, Oh, throw a little sauce <laughs> on with that first, okay. But <laughs> well, how are you feeling, Miss Irene? How are you doing?
3: I'm, I'm doing good. It's a really cold and gloomy day in Cleveland, but you know, nothing I ain't used to.
0: That's good. I'm
3: trying to trying to make the best out of this Saturday.
0: Uh, so we're gonna get in just kind of straight into it. How did you okay. started with trying again, trying to get your license to be a uh, credit specialist?
3: Okay, so my credit journey started. Really in 2014. So my company was officially launched in 2017, but in 2014, my grandpa died. He left me some money. And my credit was shit. So all of my credit scores went in the low four hundreds. And I'm like, I know I need to get my credit together. So what's the first thing we do when we want to get our credit together? And we got some money. We want to pay pay what we owe, right? Right. I paid off thirty-one thousand dollars worth of debt August 2014 and my credit score went up twelve points. (laughs) And I was like flabbergasted. So I had heard about credit repair um, and the people that I knew that were doing it, I had reached out to them and they just didn't seem legit or like, they just didn't seem like they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So I asked one of them like, well, if I have questions, like, who do I talk to? Oh, you won't have questions. I just spent $31,000 and my score went up 12 points. I got all the questions, like (laughs) all of them. So I've always been like a figure it out person. So I just, I think between 2014 and 2017, I read a little over 200 books and articles on credit scoring, consumer laws, credit repair, disputing the correct way. And, yeah, I ended up launching of Financial in 2017, and here we are.
4: That's great. There we go. Yeah. So, And every
3: time I tell that story, I get it. me goosebumps all over again. So if I seem like I got an attitude in a couple of minutes like this. Just let me summer a copyright.
0: So I and I know it wasn't that easy just to just to get your license and then like what was the beginning stages of starting and a financial um, So when
3: I started initially, um I was working at Save a lot and ever I don't care what nobody say, everybody in their mama then either had bad credit at one point in time or like currently have credit issues. So once my coworkers, like, and my coworkers, I was there for 13 years. So all my coworkers, knew who I am like, oh, if Irene didn't set her mind to something, she didn't figure it out. So I was working on like my credit, my coworkers credit. And they were like, Irene, you need to do this as a business. So I'm like, all right. So I ended up launching in March and middle of June, I started having like really bad anxiety attacks at work and my 13th anniversary was July 7th and that was my last day of my job and i just hit the ground running so here we are
4: hello by the hey, way y'all. hey y'all uh. how you doing
3: pretty good welcome
4: <laughs> thank you <laughs> wow this <my> is <laughs> <laughs> the late was the, time for the first time oh,
1: i'm david yeah, yeah. and i'm jalen
3: i'm irene nice to meet you guys
4: nice to meet you
1: we interrupted all the podcasts. i'm sorry y'all what were y'all leaving off we leaving, what were you? we talking about
3: Oh, like how i got into credit repair um and when i first started so i didn't get my actual license until the beginning of 2018. when i started in the credit repair industry like i didn't have a mentor i didn't have somebody to like walk me through it and then a lot of the people to this day that are still doing credit repair are operating illegally like i I'll get a lot of people asking me about credit repair in georgia credit repair in the state of georgia is illegal like I don't care who you see with the fancy suits on that's doing whatever, like credit repair in the state of Georgia is illegal, so i didn't really I didn't have a mentor Hold right on. i can't let
4: you, I can't <laughs> let you just say that and then keep on talking about something
3: you oh, okay. how how is
4: that illegal?
3: according to the attorney general in the state of Georgia, credit repair is illegal So yes. if your shit
4: just fucked up, your shit just fucked up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry y'all.
3: you can repair your own credit, but like
0: yeah hire nobody.
3: You yeah, these people that's actually like, Give me five thousand dollars and I'll repair your credit, like y'all are operating illegal businesses. Like mm. and you can go to the attorney general website and like type in credit repair. They actually just fined FES in July. I think it was like two million dollars. Um, yeah. She
4: didn't for care doing, doing credit like repair in Georgia. <laughs>
3: that's wild. But um yeah. <laughs> I ended up, I got my license the uh, beginning of two thousand eighteen and that's when I had found out Cause I'm, I'm gonna ask all the questions. Like I just, I want to know everything. I was talking to the lady Sheila and it took me like seven months to get my license because they are very particular about like what's in your client agreement and stuff like that. So we were going back and forth for seven months for me to get my license. And then when she finally issued it to me, I think I had ended up calling her for something and I had realized that like, Oh, this is just a black lady. So let me talk to her real quick. <laughs> so I'm talking to her and I asked her, I was like, so how many other, um, like people that look like us in Ohio have licenses to do credit repair. And she's like, ma'am, you are the first one. And I was like, So, but So, but yeah, that's how I got started. And I've been running my business and teaching credit courses full time since July 7th, 2017.
4: So I got a few questions. Like, how did you figure out, like, you had to get this license and stuff? Because like you said, a lot of people go through FES and just say, I'm a credit repair agent, so this is kind of interesting to me.
3: So here's the thing. Let's talk about how FES is kind of established, right? So FES itself is like a MLM or mm-hmm. like multi-level marketing, right? So they offer financial services under FES. So the way that they've been able to like skate around, not getting licensed, the branch of FES that does the credit repair is actually a nonprofit.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Mhm. So when you sign up for credit repair with FES, you pay FES, you don't pay the nonprofit that actually sends you those letters to dispute. And just because you, so like, okay, you signed up your credit partner under FES, that's not your company. Like, so licensing and a bond or anything like that would not, that's not what you're responsible for because it's not your company. Like, I don't care how they marketed it to you or whatever, like FES issues you a 1099 and they issue you a check. Mm-hmm. Like Hannah Financial LLC is owned and operated by Irene Day, which is me. So my license, my bonds, they all belong to my company. and My company belongs to me. hundred percent.
0: Ownership. That's, oh, yeah.
3: the That's the name of the game.
0: So it's, let's go into how you got from Hannah Financial from one client to now you're, you're trying to get 400 clients on your new special. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba 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 ba.
3: I think in business, especially service-based businesses, people be scared to like tell people what they know, right? Cuz they feel like, "Oh, well if I tell too much, like they're going to try to go and do what I do." Um, if I don't know anything else, I know my shit, right? So I can talk to you all day about credit, what you need to do to get your credit together, different things that's happening in the credit industry, like different scoring models is coming out, what scores you need for FICO. I mean, what scores you need for like a mortgage, stuff like that. I'm not scared to share that with people. And that's how I've been able to build the connections that I have, build the clientele that I have, because majority of the clients that I have have either come from social media or they've come from the mortgage partners that I have that refer me clients. And those mortgage partners, like, they know I know my shit. So you just, I felt like the name of the game, especially in service-based businesses or like anything financial related, people want to know what you know, or they want to know that you know your shit. The downside to that is that you can look a certain type of way. And I think this is why a lot of people end up falling into these scams and stuff like that. Like, if I was on social media, suited and booted seven days a week, like, I'd have clients falling out of the sky. But that's not me nine times out of 10 and i only washed my hair because this was being recorded because i got some stuff to do later but like usually i'd be in here homeless looking hair in a bun in my robe on the computer getting it done so it's like i'm real big on like not really having a fake facade of who i am not to try to get clients and that has worked in my favor the past two years like last year was my first year in business and we cleared six figures and uh In business last
4: year but that's because people really they attract to people who are transparent because people want somebody that's real they don't want like you said like yeah the suit and booty it's all cool but once it's time for a personal relationship you want that personal connection you don't want to feel like i really can't talk to her she's gonna judge me she got all the other people so that's cool that that's been an advantage for you
3: it's been an advantage but then i think sometimes um too transparent because the amount of people that i service like i have people on payroll like i actually have employees so like i'll sign people up and then i'll let them know like if you have questions you can call my team monday through friday nine to five and they're oh i don't want to talk to them well i don't offer a ceo package no more so you talking to me directly while i'm trying to do x y and z monday through friday my business is not an option for you so it's like it's kind of like a double-edged sword and then i'm sort of a control freak and i feel like i've given up so many process is in my business already it's like i really don't want to stop doing my welcome calls but i know to get to where i want to be i have to get rid. like i got to give up my welcome calls because being on the phone for 12 hours a day three days a week is just it's not productive (laughs) it's not productive
2: so can you talk about working like how you're working through that barrier getting over that because somebody i know somebody might be listening to me and like man i'm kind of trying to figure out how to do that switch over too to like doing more efficient time
3: Um, you got to give it up and you got to not be scared to run into issues. Like I've hired two different people to do my welcome calls and they both didn't work out, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't something that I was scared of happening. Like I knew I'm like, there is no way I'm going to hire this person. This person is going to be phenomenal and do what I need them to do. Like I know I'm gonna probably have to go through the hiring process a couple of times. So right now what I'm working on is actually automating my entire onboarding process. So Mm -hmm. instead of having a welcome call, 99.9% of the calls that I have, like onboarding clients, they all ask the exact same questions. So I'm recording that entire process. So once you do sign up, you get a text with this video explaining the process, how to communicate with us, what we expect from you as a client. And then if that don't work, then I'm gonna have to find somebody else to get on the phone lines. But with everything that I got planned in 2020, I cannot, I can't do it. Like I'll be teaching at Tri-C in spring of course, money matters one on one. And Trustee is like the community college here. So I'll be teaching financial literacy um, as an actual like college curriculum course. That's dope. And That's That's it's tax dope. season. So we offer tax prep as a service ahead of financial. And yeah, so I definitely have to get off the phone lines.
4: Yeah, yeah
0: like
3: yeah. yesterday.
0: So this I, pre- I want to go back to something you said earlier. Yeah, you're okay. transparent. And I follow you on Twitter. You believe really you have like really good threads about credit, and you released something earlier talking about like FICO is releasing another credit score for um, mm-hmm. in December. Can you talk about F-I-S-S. that?
3: FISS? Yes. So, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, like they've all been doing these alternative FICOs. And what I mean by alternative FICOs, like their credit scores that deviate from what has traditionally been scored with the FICO system. So. They're coming out with FICO, um, FIF, FICO FIST is what they called it. And it's basically going to score in your rent. If you have any licenses, like say you're a hairdresser, you got to have a cosmetology license. That's going to be factored into your FICO score. So um, let's see, Experian Boost release, or Experian had to Experian Boost. So those scores are actually like optional. So if you... Signed up for Boost and you connected your bank account to it, and you went to a car lender and you're like, "Hey, my experience Boost score is 60 points higher than my FICO score." They don't have to use your experience Boost score. Like they can tell you, "Like, nah, like we're not using that." So FICO is actually developing a new credit scoring model that lenders will probably end up buying in a couple of years, where you don't have to do the whole middleman with the credit bureaus. Like that's where we come directly from FICO.
4: Yeah. That's pretty cool. So they're going to be getting rid of the credit bureaus, which is what you're saying.
3: No, because this is what the credit bureaus do. Um, I tell people all the time, like, as regular consumers, we are not the customers of Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, unless you are buying something directly from them. Like, maybe they're credit monitoring, or I think you can buy credit reports from them. But they make their money from Bank of America, Capital One, um, all of these places that they want data. Basically, like that's how they make their money, and all of it, the, all they do is house records. That's it, they don't tell you, like, hey, you have to pay this account or you don't have to pay this account. All they do is house records, like, what they have on file for you is what they have on file for you, and that's it. But it's so many people, like, we live in a world where data is probably the most like
0: value thing, valuable, value yeah, thing. the
3: most valuable thing. So, yeah, they're not going nowhere, no time soon, and aside from like just stuff in our credit profiles those big three how so much data on so much stuff is ridiculous yeah.
1: yeah so i'm thinking like, like it still would be kind of hard to just cut them out with that too because i mean like the fi ss that's what you said mm-hmm. it is. like it's gonna take a while for people to start adopting that i'm pretty sure too it's not like they just gonna drop this and everybody like oh they dropped the new and that's it
3: yeah and um uh, because um and then fico like their biggest customers are the credit bureaus because the credit bureaus buy credit scoring models from fico um let's talk about vantage so you guys know credit karma uses a completely different scoring system from fico mm-hmm. that vantage scoring system is actually a joint partnership between experian equifax and TransUnion.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: so they've been trying to like
1: Wiggle their way up really?
3: under FICO? Yeah, like wiggle their way out of FICO. But FICO has been around for so long. It's it's really like a monopoly. And that's why there's so many different credit monitors that like use Vantage now because Vantage done cut like crazy deals with them. But until somebody says like, oh, you guys have to use these other scores, like FICO is still going to be the leader in scoring, period. Earlier last year, there was a law passed that said, the mortgage um, lending industry, industry has to be more open to using other scores, but them doing that, I don't see us using like advanced scoring or even more updated FICO scoring models in the mortgage industry, which is federally regulated. So the mortgage, the scores used in mortgage lending are the exact same scores, no matter where you go, no matter what type of mortgage you get, whether it's FHA, conventional, uh, USDA, it's always the same exact three scores that they have to use I don't see that changing for at least five years because you'd have to completely overhaul so much stuff that we've been used to doing.
4: Okay. So can we kind of go into those three scoring models that they use for mortgage? Because whenever you yeah. kind of touched on it earlier, I was kind of drawn to it.
3: Um, so fight and they're really, really early models of the FICO score. So I think right now we're up to like FICO nine. Yeah. Yeah. So FICO's two, four and five are the ones used. For mortgage lending. And the only place you can get those as a consumer is from myfico.com. I think it's like $40, but mm-hmm. it'll show you yeah, it'll show you all of your FICO scores for all three credit bureaus. So if you are serious about buying a house, getting a mortgage, refinancing, you definitely owe it to yourself to go see where you stand before you go shopping yourself around sending lenders. Yeah.
0: So, wait, you're telling me I can't go look at Credit Karma and that's not
3: my score? <laughs> no, no, because that's Vantage. <laughs> that's going to be a Vantage score on top.
0: Can you go into that, how Credit Karma versus the actual looking at your mortgage scores and why they're different?
3: Um, So, the biggest difference between, so with each individual FICO model, like, and even with the Vantage scoring, it's the same breakdown 35% payment history, 30% credit utilization, um, 15% credit age. 10% new credit, credit inquiries, and then 10%. Um, what's the last one? I feel like I can do this in my sleep. <laughs>
0: you said history. Oh,
3: average age of credit. Yeah. So it's basically the same breakdown. The only thing that varies like model to model is how different events happen or how different events are scored in each thing. So like in the earlier FICO models, your student loan late payments might not be scored as heavily as like a mortgage late payment, right? But in the later models, like if you ever defaulted on your student loans, that's gonna kill you way more than you being late on a credit card payment. So it's still the same mm-hmm. breakdown as far as like how it's calculated. One of the, different, the biggest difference between the FICO score model and the Vantage score model is that Vantage only scores open accounts, the open accounts on your profile. So I got like three paid off cars. In my credit report with flawless payment history that does nothing for my vantage score but that payment history is still calculated into my fico score because fico is going to score your entire credit profile so if you ever like logged into credit karma and you was like well why is my credit karma score so off from my actual fico score that's why
4: well that's that's really interesting and i kind of want to go back whenever you said before you go to shopping yourself around because a lot of people don't understand what shopping around does to your credit score. Even like whenever you're going to different car dealerships and trying to purchase cars, they don't understand like the effects that it could have. Inquiries. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So here's the thing about inquiries. And then I tell this to a lot of my clients when they sign up. I'll have people sign up for credit or for credit repair and they're like, Oh, and I need all these inquiries gone. No, you just need to stop applying for credit. <laughs> so you can you could have like hundred inquiries on there, or you can have ten inquiries on there. They're still only going to be less than ten percent of your credit score. Do they look bad, like to us? Because it's just like, why is all this stuff in my credit reports? Yeah, it does. But is it going to stop you from getting a house in a year because you tried to buy a car right now? No. Only thing that stops you from like really doing what you want to do as far as inquiries, it's like, say you go get a mortgage and the month before you went to to get a mortgage, you acquire like 60 new inquiries. And the only reason that that looks bad is because the whole credit scoring system is set up to gauge how you manage debt. Like how responsible are you with managing debt? And when they see that you have a lot of recent inquiries, they feel like that you're in a financial hardship. So you're shopping around to try to get, to basically overextend yourself financially.
0: So I wanted to go into video, bro. I'm sorry,
4: bro. She she just been dropping gems, busting my head. What you got, Kelly?
0: (laughs) So I wanted to actually go into business credit. Um, Okay. So let's say we're a business um, that we set up our Duns number. We've got our virtual address. We've got everything going. Where do we go now? Do where where do you start applying for credit? And and what what are the steps to getting to the bank and getting an actual business
3: loan okay so let's talk about business credit i think we're all familiar with business credit cards and stuff like that so it's funny because yesterday i saw um my friend ari she did like a 30 30 days of threads and i saw somebody talking about business credit like how you can convert your personal credit to business credit and they were talking about like getting all these business credit cards you personally guaranteeing five business credit cards is not business credit. Like none of those credit cards are gonna show up on your business credit profiles. If you were to walk into the bank and try to get a business loan and be like, oh, well, I already got five business credit cards, they're gonna look at you like you're stupid. The whole point of business credit, like if you establish it the correct way is to keep it completely separate from your personal credit, right? So you don't have to personally guarantee loans and things of that nature. Um, Getting traditional funding for businesses like in traditional, Business loans from traditional banks is extremely hard. Most of them are backed by the SBA, which is like the government small business agency. Most of them are backed by the SBA. You still have to personally guarantee them, even if you do have established business credit. But there are a ton of alternative lenders that will give you business loans and business lines of credit strictly off your business credit profiles. So if you want to do like go that route, which is what I would recommend because. Your business could tank two years from now. And it's like, that shouldn't affect my personal credit. Like I lost my business and all this stuff with it. I'm trying to be like Trump. I want to file bankruptcy seven times. Like (laughs) I (laughs) I don't want that to have nothing to do with what I got going on. So once you get your DUNS number and you get that set up, you have to start building history. So you build history by getting like net 30 accounts, net 15 accounts, net 45 accounts. Building business credit is a pain in the ass but if you stick with it diligently for 90 days, you can get way more funding on the business credit side than you can on the personal credit side.
4: And you just said for 90 days, three months. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. The only
3: thing about about, like the difference between, or a huge difference between business credit and personal credit is that you have to actually make transactions with those companies that you establish uh, vendor accounts with in order for them to report your payment history. With personal credit, you don't have to do that. I could have an American Express with a two thousand dollar limit and not use it, and they're still going to report on time payments for ninety days.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, where where are these companies that I can actually open these Net thirty, Net ninety accounts?
3: Um, some of them to start Staples, Quill, Uline. It's a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. There's actually a bunch of companies. Yeah, Granger. They usually have like hundred dollar minimum orders in order for you to report it's a bunch of them i use credit we use credit suite they actually what i love about credit suite they actually walk you through like getting your business credit profile set up the right way start building your vendor history and then they have like a network of like 15,000 alternative lenders that once you get to like where your profiles need to be at they shop you around to get you lending
4: oh that's that's good. Cool. that's cool so tell us a little bit about that if the users don't know you said credit suite
3: yes and they can get it from me directly. And it'd be way cheaper if you get it from me than on a website.
4: Look, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Shameless plug.
4: Shameless God. plug, buddy. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, so with the credit suite, like you said, once they become, you said once they build up everything that they need, mm-hmm. they'll start shopping around. So mm-hmm. they'll be able to just get any type of funding. And it, does it apply to certain type of businesses or anything like that?
1: Um, hey there.
3: So, you don't want to be a high-risk business. So, what would be considered a high-risk business is something like corn, um, casinos, things of that yeah, nature. A
4: casino would be a high-risk business? Yeah. Yes. Gambling?
1: Gambling is
0: definitely a mm-hmm.
4: high-risk mm-hmm. Super high-risk. I, I know, but it's like, it's so much money in it. The way they set the
1: house up, you know what I'm saying? They, they really set it up so that they can win, but I can see how it's high-risk. The risk thing
3: about it is,
1: too, man.
3: the casinos is making like, money money is like huge casinos that are usually already backed by already really established businesses so they don't need business loans to start up and do all of that stuff Um, and i was what was i reading i was reading something like two weeks ago that said it takes like for smaller casinos it takes like three years for them to even turn profit Mm Jeez. so yeah super super high risk so yeah, as long as you ain't, you know, out here shooting porn, trying to do a casino, some high risk.
4: <laughs> you should I'm be recommended. Yeah, you should be good. Just stick to a needs based business, man. you going to be okay. Stick to it.
1: So, look, Irene, this is another okay. thing we did want to get into with you. We had seen, you know, we say you always dropping the gems on Twitter. You had mm-hmm. said that you should never dispute a credit account online. Could you explain it?
3: Okay, so the reason why credit repair is even a thing, and if anybody tells you anything different, run the other way. Like, keep your coins in your pockets. Don't give them last four numbers of your social security number and your home address. Like, keep it moving. Your right as a U.S. consumer is to have anything that is reporting on your credit reports be reporting 100% accurately. And in each account, it's like 45 different account fields that have to be reporting correctly, and to have everything that's on your credit report be verifiable. So if it's not verifiable and it's not reporting correctly, it legally can be removed. Does that remove your obligation to the debt? No, it does not. Because all the credit bureaus do is house records. That's it. And this goes back to us not being the customers of the credit bureaus. In order for Capital One, Bank of America, this collection agency, from when you went and got your, your balls clipped or whatever, yeah. like they have to pay to report any information to your credit profiles. They have to pay the credit bureaus. Like that's a that's a business transaction. They have to pay to report this information to the credit bureaus. Mm. There's nothing that says, like, there's no law that says information has to be reported to your credit reports. The only thing that legally has to be reported to your credit reports are federal student loans when they are first dispersed and federal tax liens. That's it. Nothing else has to be reported to your credit reports. So those are your rights as a consumer, right? Everything gotta be reporting right, everything gotta be verifiable. Now, the reason I tell people do not dispute online, the FCRA, which is the Fair Credit Reporting Act, is a federal law, specifically states that you have the right to dispute anything on your credit reports through mail. Like it says that if you pull up the law, it says through mail. So if you fax, you dispute online, you dispute through Credit Karma or whatever else, the credit bureaus, they don't, They when I tell you they literally took that through mail, like to heart, they will verify those accounts if you dispute them through like their website or through Credit Karma, how they deem fit. So if you actually like request your physical credit reports from the credit bureaus, every single address that's reported on your credit report has an address identification number, right? So when accounts are reported to your credit report, the address in that account has an address identification number, right? So if you dispute online, if they can match that address identification number in that account that you disputed, with an address identification number that's already in your credit reports, that's how they verified that account. They didn't actually request any contracts or any information from the person that reported it like they're supposed to, like they would if you would have disputed it through the mail. They just see, oh, this matched this, all right, it's verified, we're not taking it off.
4: Damn, man. She just that's hard. And that's, man. and that's
3: all they have to do. Much,
4: man.
3: I always tell people when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your credit, like Anything that's free or easy is not, is not for you. Like it's not with your best interest and heart. And that's how so many people get caught up with, like I've seen credit reports where it's like, oh, this definitely should have came off your credit reports, but you disputed it online three times and it's still on there because you was lazy and thought it was a good idea to be playing with your toes at two o'clock in the morning, disputing stuff through credit karma.
4: Hmm. So... I have a question. Like those, oh, okay. you, know, you have some people, they might come to you. Yo, I need my credit fixed in this much amount of time. Like I'm trying to get this house before here. Like I need to be out. What do you I tell the client? Okay, then. <laughs> <Yeah>. like-, like, <laughs> no for-
3: like when I spent that $31,000, August of 2014, my credit, I didn't wake up in September and my credit score was just in the 400s. Like it. it's, that was a long time coming. That was a whole lot of badass credit brewing for a while before I decided to drop all that money trying to fix my credit. Credit repair is not an overnight process and you didn't mess up your credit overnight. So it's like you have to come into the credit repair process expecting like with realistic expectations. So even if you decide to sign in with somebody that is not Hanna Financial, nobody can legally guarantee you any specific account deletions. Nobody can... L- Legally guarantee you any score increases. So if you see people like, oh, I can get you over a 750, run. Oh, I can get that eviction off your credit for sure, run. Because there are so many things that go into whether or not an account is going to come off your credit report. Like, did you dispute it currently? Did you dispute it online currently? Have you added any new payment history to that account? Like, all types of different things go into whether or not an account is going to be removed from your credit report or not. The only thing I guarantee my customers, we do have a money-back guarantee. So if you are a client for, uh, I think it's four months, it's going to be three rounds of disputes. If you are a client for four months and we cannot get any items removed or repair, we refund you your money. And we've serviced a little over 3,000 people. I've had to refund seven people since we started. True. And I think when people come into credit repair, they don't want to do no work. Like, they just think, oh, well, if I get these accounts deleted, I'll have good credit. It's like, no, you came into credit repair, you had 16 collection accounts on your credit report. We got 15 of them removed. Your credit's still shit. You still did not build no positive credit like we told you to. And, and that actually happened to me. And I was so devastated. Like, I think she was like my fifth full, like, full paying customer when I started. She has 17 collection accounts on her credit report. And I told her, I was like, look. You don't have no positive credit on here. You have to get some positive accounts on here because once we start removing this negative, you not you either gonna not have a credit score or your score just gonna keep dropping. We got all of those collection accounts removed in 60 days. And what did she do? She went to go buy a car and they told her she didn't have a credit score.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> now
3: she, so now she on my line cussing me out and I'm like, I cannot make you build positive credit. I told you when you signed up that you needed to get two secure credit cards Cause we gonna get these collection accounts off and the collection accounts is like six years old. I'm like, Oh yeah, we gonna get these off. I ain't tell her that, but like in my head, I'm like, Oh, this is about to be a real good, um, like real good success story, but she never built the positive credit. So I couldn't even be like, yo, we got these results. Cause when you come to credit repair, even though I can't guarantee you score increases, if you, even if you get in deletions, like I've seen people get phenomenal deletions and they score still not doing nothing because your credit cards are still maxed out. You're still paying your bills late. And it's like that has nothing to do with what we do on our end. All we do is remove inaccurately reported and unverifiable items. That's it. And we send you credit education so you know what you need to be doing on your end to help the credit repair process. But I can't, I can't make you do that. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. True. Preach, sister.
3: So, that's where we at.
1: Yeah. Ring.
3: Y'all facing the front. man. You just. <laughs>
4: Because we, we've talked about credit before, but, like, you got some, you just got a lot of things that wasn't dropped. Man, I, don't I, I
3: tell y'all, I eat, breathe, and sleep credit. Like, when I be on Twitter, and it's like, I love Twitter so much. But when I be on Twitter and I be seeing people, like, saying stuff that people want to hear just to get clients, it grinds my gears. Like, I was actually on Instagram the other day, and it was this white dude. He was like, do you know if... If a credit company charges off your account that you don't owe that money. I was like, what? Like, what does that even sound like? So you mean to tell me that I live in the United States of America and I can go and have all of my credit cards charged off and won't have to pay nobody nothing? If that's the case, there would be no reason for bankruptcy. Like people would never have to file bankruptcy because they would be able to just keep charging shit off and just letting it float into the atmosphere. Yeah. And it's crazy because people really buy into that, but it's like if you just think about it, like if that was the case, there would be no reason for people to file bankruptcy, right? Yeah. Oh, if a uh, oh you don't got to pay collection agencies, like they can't hold you accountable for any debts. Ninety seven percent of wage garnishments and judgments against consumers are from third party collection agencies. Bank of America ain't trying to sue you about shit. Mm-hmm. They sold that debt like they legally could. Somebody bought it. And they want their money now. <laughs> like.
1: Do collection agencies really make money? That's what yes, I always saying. A lot of people don't pay these people back. Seem like. A lot oh, of-
3: it's a lot of people to do. And if they don't pay them back, they take them to court. That's why I tell people, like, when your wages get garnished, when you get a judgment, that's not from the original creditor. That's from the third-party collection agency.
0: And so I've heard that it's if it's a certain amount, I don't know what the amount is, but if it's a lower amount, they don't really care. They just keep calling you but if it's a higher amount they will take you to court mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. because if it's a higher amount that's gonna be more money that they make so the, the way the collection agencies work so say i had a american express it got charged off it was a thousand dollars right so since american express wrote that off as a loss cool it's a thousand dollars they sold the debt kelly collection agency bought the debt they probably bought that debt for like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. right so if i buy a debt for a hundred dollars and i can collect on it for a thousand dollars you think I'm not going to take you to court to get that money? And that's how collection agencies make money. That's why, if you I always tell people, if you are in a position, especially if you like in the market to buy a house, because if you don't satisfy that debt, they can legally keep selling it. Like, all right, we can, we've called her a thousand times. We can sell this debt to somebody else and they can try to collect on it. Right. So I always tell people, collection agencies are very productivity based. You want to settle some debts. Call them that last week of the month. Everybody and their mama be pressed to make money that last week of the month, <laughs> and that gives you that gives you the most leverage. Like, all right, this debt was a thousand dollars. I gave y'all four hundred to settle it right now.
4: I've heard of it. And, then and then you bought it four hundred. Now that you I told appreciate. it four hundred, I I'm not know how to negotiate. Hey, no man, I'm gonna give y'all two. We go. Yeah. <laughs> question.
3: you like that's all it is. That's the name of the game is the gift of gab. Like, what can you negotiate?
2: I have a question about the collection agencies, about how that works. So I invest in Prosper, which is peer-to-peer lending, and somebody was late on their loan, so they got me into looking and Googling stuff, and Mm. I ended up finding out about future flow agreements and like how the collection agencies, are like somewhat of how they buy the debt and stuff like that. I was confused on how it worked, because from what I was reading online, it said it was illegal to try to collect on it or something like that, but like how they,
3: this is what they do. They have auctions. It's, it's like debt auctions. okay. so with Cleveland Clinic, you can literally buy debt. It's like a spreadsheet. So you can get a spreadsheet of like a thousand debt accounts, one with like five hundred. Cleveland Clinic is like a bigger like a bigger business. So I think the low the smallest sheet that they do is five hundred.
4: Mm.
3: You, bid, you bid on that sheet and you collect on that debt. So the reason why debt verification or debt validation. When they're buying this debt, that's all they're buying. They're buying a spreadsheet. That's it. With your information, what you owe, who you owe it to, and now we're trying to collect on it. So if you send a debt validation letter to a collection agency that's trying to collect on something and they can't actually produce like the original bill, the original contract from the person they bought the debt from, they legally can't collect on that debt. So what they do is they sell it.
2: Okay. That must have been what I was reading. Okay. Yep. They sell it. Okay. So
3: now the burden of proving that this debt belongs to you falls on the next person that bought the debt. But right. as long as that debt is unsatisfied, they can keep just trying just to work. collect on it. Mm-hmm.
2: Gosh. you. Okay. I was just curious because I ain't got into reading it. I, I fall into looking at random stuff and I was like, pennies on a dollar and they buying debt and stuff. How does They're this even
3: work? <laughs> Pennies, and that's how that's how they make their money. They are literally buying debt for pennies on a dollar and collecting.
2: And it was just like the only thing you just can't do is buy your own debt mm-hmm. or something like that. Other than that, you good. It's like all free game.
3: It's ways to work around that though. Like you could start a collection agency,
2: yeah, get a
3: get a license or debt. two, oh. and um. But that's a, I feel like that's a different podcast. We're we gonna have that
2: podcast. on a whole <laughs> other episode. That's gonna be a whole other special right there.
3: Like I'm, I'm real by the book with a lot of stuff but it's also ways to it's ways to work the system
4: loopholes always
3: yeah with the way the system is set up so yeah
4: because the system don't want us to win
3: no they're they're
4: going to set it up so they can
3: mm-hmm.
4: they out how to play the
1: game
3: you that's it you got to figure out how to play it Shit.
1: everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um, but the bag did feel a little light. ba da ba ba too many gems dropped in this That's episode.
2: That's crazy. I didn't even, man.
4: You done taught Y'all me a funny.
2: whole lot. <laughs> you done taught me a whole lot today, I swear.
4: It was something else that I wanted to ask, but I can't even wrap my mind around this shit.
3: This is bad. I don't like losing arguments. So, like, I will read you to filth with facts and I take pride in that. Like, all right, you want to yell? you can yell all you want, but like, come to me with some facts. You ain't gonna out-fact me, bro. That's what you're not
2: gonna do. I feel like that helps on Twitter because I I know a lot of people, they be be capping hard on Twitter.
3: And it's so crazy because if you just look at the stuff that they be saying, like, this don't even make
2: sense. (laughs) Where where are your sources?
3: (laughs) and, And it's like, some of it, like, even if you have not done any real research, some of it just don't make sense to me. Like, it does not make sense to me that somebody would tell somebody oh if you defaulted on that credit card you don't owe that debt no more that makes no sense
2: Nah, that's why i don't even and know it's, what it's crazy sense.
3: because it's like that's what people want to hear so that's what they mm. buy into yeah i'm not gonna tell you what you want to hear
1: mm. i'm, gonna I'm, I'm not gonna do here. it no they want to hear
3: yeah no i'm gonna tell you what you need to hear i ain't gonna tell you what you want to hear
1: ain't it so, yeah, we kind of started talking about a timeline, so if I as well pivot to the last segment of the show. Uh, what's on your timeline? On this segment, we just asked Irene something that you've seen on social media that you thought was, like, important, or something you just wanted to talk about.
4: Even something...
3: Miles there. Garrett.
1: Who? Oh, oh Miles Garrett? Shit. Oh, <laughs> That was a hot-button
3: issue. Listen, Miles Garrett being suspended indefinitely. I feel like with some bullshit. Mostly because, like, I read the official NFL statement and it was, like, the Steelers quarterback was going to get fined. Like, you don't get to start a fight and then get your ass whooped and then play the victim. Because that's essentially what happened. Like, you started a fight. All right, you you mad you got sacked the last play of the game. You up talking shit. Like, he tried to pull Miles Garrett's helmet off. He Mm -hmm. punched him in the balls. Like, it ain't Miles Garrett' fault. He... 200 yeah. 300 pounds of muscle. Like, no, I,
0: I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know the quarterback the did all of, of that.
3: Playing,
0: so yeah, people are addressing that issue. That the quarterback started the fight, he started the he fight, helmet off, and then kicked him in the balls. And mm-hmm. then they took it to the elevation of miles gear in them over there. Damn, to be real, he ain't even hit him that hard,
1: guys. So internet, I can see if he
3: like. I can see if he cracked him with like the good part of the helmet. Like, bro, you got hit with the part with the cushion. Like,
0: <laughs> and then it's he was telling on you head already.
3: And he looked <laughs> completely fine at the little post game when he was talking his little shit. Like, I was so. <laughs> <laughs> the thing
0: that I had, was- like man, oh. he was like they were trying to say you – outsiders were trying to say that they should take legal action upon him. Like, this is outside the game of football, and he. And that Mason Rudolph should sue him and take legal action on him. I was like,
3: I've seen way worse happen during the NFL game. Yeah. Like way worse.
0: Donald can sue
4: him. That motherfucker used to do some shit. (laughs) Get away with some shit.
3: And (laughs) it's crazy. And you would think with like all of the heat that the NFL has been up under, like, as far as like the racial tension, especially the stuff that happened with Kaepernick. It's like, y'all don't got nobody black. In these rooms, making these decisions, just telling y'all, like, this might not be a good look for y'all.
4: And that's, we had kind of spoke about that with uh, Josh Childers. Z yeah, with the Jay-Z situation. Like, whenever a lot of people were bashing Jay-Z, like, with him trying to take the position in there, like, that's a black man in the room. Right. Say, you know what? Maybe we need to really look at this shit and say, you know what? Look, y'all, this shit ain't gonna fly. Like, I know what y'all what y'all, old motherfuckers might be thinking right
0: but my people got
1: uh, else something else to say about it
0: yeah. yeah and y'all saying kaepernick had a workout right today yeah. they moved it, bro but yeah but huh they moved it oh they did
1: yeah i seen it pop up on bleacher report on my phone like i think it was yesterday yeah mm-hmm.
3: i know the Browns somebody it happened
1: uh, no, it happened. They moved
0: it because the media. The media. They wouldn't uh, let the
1: media in at first or some shit.
0: Yeah, but the whole thing where I brought it up was because Jay-Z was the one that actually pressured Goodell into letting Kaepernick have that workout. Goodell wasn't going to let him have it, but Jay-Z pressured him because he took so much heat for actually getting in with the owners. Mm. And I
3: feel like that was the whole purpose of you. That
0: that was the whole really purpose.
3: Putting yourself, putting yourself out there for that scrutiny, teaming up with the NFL for you to be able to do stuff like this. I don't care what nobody say about Jay-Z. Like, nothing that that man does is not with purpose or intent or is not calculated. Like, he has really thought out like 10 steps ahead with any move that he's done, especially when it comes to business. Like, you can't tell me this man is going to risk like his brand and his integrity teaming up with the NFL if he ain't got some other shit lined up. Like,
1: it don't make sense. Especially the shit on the year before.
4: I, yeah.
2: <laughs> I will give him that, though. He about the only person I know that social media give that benefit of the doubt. That, hold up, he might have something in the works. Like, he, he you might know what not I, be the crazy. Everybody else, know. they be like, nah, he know. tripping. I
3: don't even think of social media. I just really think it's like, people that really be seeing how different stuff work. Cause I've seen people like dragging Jay-Z through the mud for the NFL. Oh, they were still um, dragging them. Yeah. yeah. For the NFL collab. But I think a lot of that come with this cancer ass cancel culture that we got. Yeah. And a lot of us have not been in positions to like make real moves. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't really understand the what purpose or be? intent. Yeah. Or like how you even got a move to like, get to a certain spot. So, and I feel like that's what a lot of that was. But kudos to Jay-Z for getting that man a workout. I heard that, like, Kaepernick ain't stopped working out either since he – Um.
0: I think
1: he got actually, like, swollen and shit. Yeah, I
0: think
3: he got (laughs) better. His ass need to come to Cleveland. We need a quarterback. I know y'all need
0: (laughs) Jesus. Y'all
3: still
4: need Jesus. (laughs)
3: Listen, we – assist. Season ticket holders, we need a quarterback, all
2: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least a quarterback that ain't retarded. It's crazy. I thought Odell was gonna fix the problem. Like, they have some great key players. One, we have
4: great players. Y'all, coach sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the coach <laughs> sucks. He has no discipline. The team has no discipline, bro.
4: And that's really why Baker Mayfield came in like that. I think if he would have came under a coach had some strong values, some strong discipline? He wouldn't be popping off at the oh, mouth like he is right now.
3: And I feel like it would have made him a better quarterback. It like, who, baby? Sorry,
1: I, I hear everything y'all saying. We were talking about the Cleveland Browns?
3: Hey, no Cleveland. Slander <laughs> some, shit, some
1: shit. Okay. When people say they're gonna take a shit, they're taking the Browns to the Super Bowl.
3: Like, I'm sorry, Ari. No Cleveland slander will be tolerated. <laughs> Zero.
1: I'm a Titans fan. I can't talk too much.
3: Oh yeah, y'all suck big time.
1: Hey, we did the we <laughs> last week, though. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm
3: gonna let you
1: have it.
4: <laughs>
1: but yeah, talk
4: about losing right now. My team lost last week. Oh, good. Shit,
1: but yeah, uh, so Irene, yeah, we definitely appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us. This is a super great episode. Yeah, I
4: learned so much from <laughs> you, <yourself>. so. <laughs>
3: You know, yeah. it's funny. I get excited when I do podcasts and stuff because I think everybody wants to talk about like finances and stuff. And people don't know that you have to have licenses to do credit repair. Like it's this a whole ass industry. So I think a lot of people don't want to talk to people in my space,
4: nah.
1: so
3: I'd be- We welcome
4: I'm, it. We
1: welcome. I'm excited. <laughs> well, yeah, so can you like let the people know where they can find you and if they wanted to- Yeah, plug yourself yeah, in. Yeah, plug yourself in. You. plugs, this <laughs> your moment.
3: All right, um, so you guys can find me on Instagram, Credit Queen Irene, no underscores, no spaces. I'm cheesing real hard in my profile picture and I got a crown on. HannahFinancial.com, if you guys want to sign up for my personal credit repair services. Um, If you are a small business owner and you want my business credit suite, DM me on Instagram. Do
0: that, please.
3: I can put you on my list for that. um, So you get the discount code for my credit suite for Black Friday. I'm only doing 20 of those because it's going to be like half off. So get on that list. You guys can also find me on Facebook, Irene Day. Again, profile picture, smiling real hard, crown on my head, credit cards on deck. That's me.
4: You got a big old smile too. I'm looking
3: at that I am. See, told you.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to wrap the
1: show up with some uh, quick little housekeeping, housekeeping. as you like to call it. yeah. yeah. So, uh, everybody, we definitely appreciate y'all tuning in week in and week out. Uh podcast has been doing great. Please continue to share, like, rate, subscribe, all those things. We've been seeing tremendous growth. Yeah, we just man. Keep going higher and higher. Thanks to y'all. Check out the website, www.blackwellfriendsons.com. We have a bunch of tools and resources up there for y'all. Got courses check out the link in our bio we got books we got yeah. a bunch of tools and resources for y'all and it's
4: all geared towards you to help you be a better person help you out with your situation help you get some money in your pocket to help you learn something so y'all just go check it out um also y'all be on the lookout for the black Investor summit 2020 y'all text summit to 2100 and you'll be able to get all of the latest details on the black Investor summit
1: the last what thing, we got? Uh, Shout out to our Patreon. Yeah. We got a new patron recently. Uh, one second, let me pull it up real quick. I believe it was my boy. Yeah. My boy, Alex. Yeah. Shout out Alex, man. Shout out to our boy, Alex, new patron. Uh, if y'all want to sign up for the Patreon, it's uh, another platform where you can get our content early. So we got like so many episodes in the vault. We just drop them in there so people can check them out and really just interact with us further and get to know the BWR crew a little deeper.
4: Yeah.
0: Y'all want to get on that? Kelly, what's the the link? Patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. That's Patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R.
4: Fellas, we got anything else? What about you, Irene? You got something? Nah. um, Do (laughs) it.
3: Get y'all... Credit together and go brown.
4: Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is, oh, this is like a brown side brown side Peace. Peace.
1: I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathon. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is dubs